Hello everyone. You join me on what has been, quite honestly, quite a sombre day uh, for the people in Hull uh, who were involved in the music scene here. We woke up this morning to the news, the bad news, uh, that two of our most loved venues are shutting their doors in the Welly and the Polar Bear. Um, anybody that's been following us for any length of time will know that the Polar Bear is something of a home for us. Uh, we've played there many times as Let Man Loose and many more times in other bands. Um, and you know this coronavirus time has been difficult for, uh, for all of us in any walks of life. Uh, and, and we knew that it was going to hit the music industry hard at some point. But until it happens to you in your hometown, I don't really think it, it hits home like it has today for us. And we all we all woke up to that news this morning. And it, I think I think the feeling has been pretty devastating, to be honest, for all of us. Um, yeah, there's been an outpouring of love today, which which has been positive. There's such a community in our music scene um, that I think we'll bounce back. But nevertheless, it's it, it was very difficult, very difficult to to hear that this morning. Uh, this the the polar bear is the home to the weekly sesh night, which you'll have heard me harp on about many times. Fantastic, fantastic asset to the city, and I think I don't know, I don't know. It's a tough day. It's been a tough day for everyone. It's been difficult. But I uh, I went for a beer earlier on this afternoon. And I walked down Humber Street and I saw Mark Page, Mac, as many of you all know him, sat outside the gin bar. Um, and he was with a couple of colleagues and, and I was I was pretty pretty downtrodden, pretty downbeat. And he, he asked me how I was and I said, well, you know, not, not great, to be honest. But he was full of life and he was sounding really chipper and really positive about things. Um, which Which says to me that you know, there are things in the pipeline, potentially, for the future of Hull Music. And and we needn't we needn't get too down about it. Let's not get down in the dumps. We've got a huge community in Hull. And we will bounce back. Whether that's at the Polar Bear, at the Welly or elsewhere, we will find somewhere to play our music to people again. And we've got that community spirit, which I think we're very lucky to have in Hull. And we will be good. But moving on, I was gonna go live tonight anyway because uh, we've put together a short film um, about Let Man Loose's touring escapades over the last three years. Um, and it's, it's premiering on Facebook at 8 p.m., so in an hour. And we'd very much like you to join us and get involved in the comments, watch it with us, it's 20, 25 minute long film. It's very amusing, if I do say so myself. And it basically just, it's a document of the last few years where we've gone up and down the UK playing gigs and having a fucking great time, which is something that I think we all want to do right now is have a fucking great time. And I'd love to play a gig, but it might, I think it may well be till next year when we can do that. However, you can get a dose of that in your life tonight by going to facebook.com forward slash loose. And if you're listening back to this in the future on Spotify, 
then that video should be available for you on Instagram and YouTube. So have a look. Okay, so I was I was planning on going live tonight anyway. I'm going to chat to Jamie tonight, who's been our guitar player since the beginning of the band, so that we can discuss our memories of playing live, uh, good gigs, bad gigs, anything in between, all the beers we've had over the years, and the good times. So we're we're just gonna like go in sort of a chronological order, really, of first gig to the last gig and all the good times. All right, Jamie. Hey, how are you doing? Not bad. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm not bad. That was quite a quite a depressing introduction, wasn't it? Yeah, I feel a bit down actually. <laughs> sorry, mate. I'm sorry, sorry to do that out. to you. I'm getting some serotonin from the sun. So I'll be all right. Yeah, I can see that shining, reflecting off your face. How have you been? What have you been up to? Um, well, obviously live way down south now, um, like four or five hours from you guys, uh, working from home every day because of COVID, trying to pick up my guitar when I can, uh, speaking to you most of the fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> um, now that I said, I've just moved into Kingston upon Thames. I feel like I needed to have a bit of hull, so I moved somewhere with Kingston at the beginning. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> so instead of Kingston upon Hull, I'm thinking Kingston upon Thames now. So it was nice, it's yeah, nice. Thanks. It's not too much of an address change. Still got Kingston upon. It's quite nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, have yeah. you uh, have you got a beer? You can have a beer with me? I've got a, a brew dog. I don't particularly like brew dog as a brand. I think they're assholes, but <laughs> here we go. So Weatherspoons for posh people. I've got a couple of Atom brews, so I'm keeping it local. I'm keeping my money in the local economy. <clears throat> yeah, I can't do that. We don't have Atom down here, although it'd be nice. But yeah, it's all Camden. So I was just telling everyone about the little film, the short film that's coming up. You haven't seen it yet, have you? I think maybe you showed me a glimpse when you were quick, um, when you sneaking it together. And I was like, no, nah, let's not watch it now because it'd be fun to watch it when it's all finished. Well, it is yeah. finished, and uh, as I've mentioned, it's going out at eight o'clock on the dot on Facebook. And we'd we'd love if you'd join us in the comments, watch it with us, and get involved. I shall be there. Cool. But uh, so I recreated the... Facebook just for you. <laughs> well, exactly. I, yeah, I would like to apologise for the fact that it is on Facebook. It's not my platform of choice, but Instagram doesn't allow you to do that sort of thing, and uh, and have everyone watch it at the same time. So Facebook, it is for now. Um, but if uh, if the vinyl that we've just released is a celebration of the music that we recorded, um, then the short film is a celebration of all the gigs that we've done over the years. Um, I think I counted yesterday that it's been 61 gigs, which is quite 61 quite gigs? Lot. Yeah, it's a lot. And uh, I thought tonight we could sort of go pretty chronologically and uh, talk about some of, the, some of the best gigs, some of the worst gigs, it's and all the right, good times we've had in between. <laughs> Yeah, no, that sounds good. Let's do that. So what what some people might not realise is that um, Let Man Loose was your first and to this point only band. Uh, you joined the band um, in late 2016 um, as we dissolved Felony and moved into a new project, um, which gave me, me, Sam and Dan had the, you know, the experience of playing gigs for, for many years before that. Um, which brings me on to the first gig we ever did, was which was our debut at the Polar Bear. And the Polar Bear's probably going to come up a few times tonight. 
as I mentioned in the, in the intro, it's, it's literally been like our home, really. And it was only right that we did our first gig there um, for the sesh. Um, what I was going to ask you was, as I mentioned, um, me, Sam and Dan, having, having been, been gig veterans, if you want to put it that way, to that point, um, personally, I felt that it was the most prepared I'd ever been for a, for a debut show. I, I'd been in bands at school, um, bands at college, um, and, and then felony um, as I left college. And for each of our first ever gigs, I think the set had been rushed, ill-prepared, and, and, and generally things weren't in place for that first gig. But my, my memory of the first Latman Loose gig is that we spent almost a year getting ready for it, working on songs, yeah. working off the set. And I remember that gig being uh, a success. Do you remember it? Yeah, it was, it was great. I remember, um, I must be like, he was booked in for like, was it like a month or two we knew it was going to happen? Uh, but yeah, I think I think maybe like three or four days before, I was like absolutely shitting myself. I couldn't stop thinking about that. I was like, oh god, I was like really nervous just because like I didn't know what it was like to play live in front of people. And it was always like, what if you make mistakes? But then I remember speaking to Matt Bear from Black Dentler and um, he was like, if you make a mistake, don't worry about it. Just like kind of like, don't get annoyed or angry just kind of like take it out in the music just don't worry about it and I, I, and I did uh, most gigs I probably made at least one mistake but either matter because it is what it is but yeah no um, yeah was that was it a Tuesday night it was a Tuesday night it was a sesh gig wasn't it yeah and I took the next day off work because I thought <laughs> I'm going to need the um, I'm going to need the day off so um, yeah and I think I stayed at Matt's that night actually yeah, but yeah, no, it was, it, was a, it was a really good gig, really good gig. So something I remember from the very early days is that you would spend a lot of the time um, with your back to the audience. Um, I was going to ask you, um, given that me, Dan and Sam had done loads of gigs up to that point and it was your first, uh, was that a positive thing for you in that you felt like you could just sort of uh, sink into the background and sort of let us do our thing and be the showman and, and that you were going to grow into that role further down the line. Yeah, I think especially in the first few gigs, it was all about... <laughs> I think in a sense I've always been the opposite to you. Like you quite like a bit of um, a bit of tension, a bit of limelight. <laughs> you cheeky bastard. Whereas, whereas I've always been a bit like, I don't know, kind of shy with it. like. But yeah, especially the first few gigs, it was sort of cutting nervous, like fucking like, I can't face these people. <laughs> but um, I think I kind of, then I kind of like maybe adopted that and enjoyed it. And then, but yeah, I definitely towards the end, the last few the gigs I did, like maybe the halfway through point, I got more confident. And it was more, yeah, it was, it was good, it was good. But yeah, maybe yeah, when I first started, yeah, maybe it was, it was all nerves and like you don't want to face people when you make a mistake. You get that in your head and you're like, oh god. At least if I make a mistake, they can't quite see it on the fretboard. It's <laughs> a <laughs> <To> turnaround. <laughs> All right. So to bring you up on something you said, um, which was essentially earning your mistakes, um, we had we had an amazing first gig. Uh, everything went uh, as well as it could have done. And our first three gigs stick in my mind, and we'll get to the third one after we've covered the second one. But the second one was the Lincoln Imp in Scumfall. Fuck. And if you're going to talk about earning your mistakes, you're going to have to earn this next, uh, <laughs> this next part. 
this next part okay, of the show okay, because I don't okay. quite think you own your mistakes in that show. Um, I'm going to leave it to you if you wouldn't mind um, telling us all what happened at the Lincoln Imp in Scunthorpe at our second gig. Yeah, okay, so it's a gig I've kind of forgotten about. <laughs> it still kind of haunts me a little bit when I think about it. Um, so it was our second gig, and I think the day before, the same day, was it a Saturday? Um, I was, I tuned my guitar down to like A standard to play Caius. <laughs> And um, obviously, I've not tuned it back up for the gig. Obviously, we play D standard. So it's like fucking what? Three or four semitones, four semitones down. <laughs> I just remember we got on stage and I was, I, 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 like, I, it was quite loud, but I put my tuner on. I was like, it seemed, I think it seems right. And I just remember hitting that first note. <laughs> and I was like, shit, this is so out of tune. And for some reason, I just couldn't. I think we had a different mode on our, pedal, on our tuner, which would only pick up the, the standards and kind of thing. Um, so I was trying to tune it while you were playing and I wasn't playing for like the, the half the song. I was like, shit, I didn't stop playing. But I couldn't get it, I just couldn't get it in tune. I don't know, I was like flustered and like panicking. I was just like, shit. So this is, this is, this is kind of what it's all about when it all goes wrong. Um, so then it got to a point where I think we stopped after the first song. I'd missed, I don't know, most of it. And then, you were like trying to play your guitar open loud so I could chew mine against it. We got it, it sounded fine. But then as soon as you started playing again, it was just, it was just out. Um, so yeah, <laughs> what, what were the band called who played with us? And he was like, trying to use my guitar. And he was like, do you need to use my guitar? And I was like, yeah, because I thought mine was like knackered. I thought, must, I don't know what was wrong with it. And he gave me his and it was in standard tuning. <laughs> <laughs> So then you started the second song and I was like, it's still, it's still out. So I was like trying to tune it down to D. And it just, it was just horrific. So I just, I just walked off stage. <laughs> <laughs> I walked off stage and sat outside and watched you in the three piece. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that I was horrific. Uh, I think you've told that quite eloquently. Um, <laughs> it was horrific. It I was, think it was I think the worst gig, thing in the world. I think that gig was a suitable first. If if Sesh had passed without a problem, it was that gig that was your first gig where you really had all the problems thrown at you at once. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was good. It happened then at that gig. Um, yeah, even though there were quite a few, like, pe even though there were quite a few people there, but it was good to. I mean, it could have been the next gig we did, which is quite a big gig for us. Or it, or it could have been the sesh gig, which was even bigger in that it was our friends and family that turned out <laughs> yeah. to what we were doing there. I don't know. I don't know. Played again. <laughs> yeah, but I think you you um, learned from that massively, and, and I remember like in the run up to those gigs, um, us three with our experience would, would probably like try and give you like hints and tips without wanting to come across like in any way patronising, but. Um, the fact of the matter is, I think you have to have those bad things happen to you to learn from them. And you had all that in one go. You had a you had a far too down tuned guitar to begin with, and then you had a guitar that was tuned <coughs> too high, and then you're just like, right, fuck this, I'm off. And we did the rest of the gig, and uh, you you can you couldn't apologise enough, but I, I think the three of us just found it's it. because it's because Joe was there as well, and Joe came to see us. Yeah. I just remember I, mean, I, I, think I, we 
Go on. Yeah. I think I just remember him <laughs> watching me try to spin my guitar. Like, what the fuck is going on? I was like, don't know, mate. I'm going to walk off now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just found that. We just found that hilarious. And and when I look back at the the gigs we did, of all the gigs it could have happened at, that like that that is the perfect gig for that to have happened at. And it's, yeah, definitely. It, yeah. It's it's never been anything other than just just a learning curve. And and you were right at the start of that learning curve. <laughs> Well, well, whereas we were a little further down the line. And then our third gig, I mentioned this first three because they were three big ones for us. Our first gig ever, a big disaster. And then we went to the O2 Academy in Liverpool um, to support Nirvana. Um, for, for those of you who don't know, our bass player Sam also plays for a Nirvana tribute band called Nirvana. Terrific guys, and they do a terrific job of playing those hit songs and we got the chance to support them and um to that point I, i'd never played an academy um and to this day i've not been i've not been back to a venue that size um what do you remember about that night i remember getting there and doing the sound check and taking a picture of the the stage with my pedal board and the mic stand in it and sort of thinking <laughs> i mean even before the gig and even before people came through the doors i was like we fucking made it. Yeah, I felt I felt like we'd done really well getting that gig, um, <clears throat> especially because Queen and that have played there. Um, as you can see from the pitch outside and whatnot. But yeah, it, it, it wasn't the um, the yeah, the build up for that was awful for me because of what happened in the last gig. Um, but that was when we found out about the um, the. Full, the, two, the full step down, the two half steps down on the pedal, the tuning pedal, so it always give you our correct B standard tuning. So I felt a bit more confident with that. But I remember before we went on, <laughs> I think uh, the first support band were on, and it was us, but we were in the back window of there. And I was just checking that my guitar was in tune constantly. I was like, right, that's fine, that's fine. It even got to a point where um, uh, Drummer from Nirvana, what's his name? Rob. And Rob was like, it's fine, just leave it alone, it's in tune. I was like, all right, okay. I didn't want anyone to go near it and touch the knobs or anything. The head stuff, I was like, just leave it alone, it's in tune. But no, that was um, that was a really good gig. Uh, <laughs> and, those, <laughs> and that's how we got it. <laughs> the, um, was there Scouse lads were there, weren't they? With the long hair. <laughs> and they were asking how we got our turn. And it, yeah, I remember coming off and obviously I, 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 I kind of shy away from it. Compliments and stuff, but they were really nice, and they were like, "Oh," in a in a scouse accent. Like, How'd you get that fucking tune, mate? <laughs> <laughs> How'd you get that tune? <laughs> so I basically gonna say to him, I just watched loads of like, um, I'll just sound like Josh Homme <laughs> videos on YouTube and bought the same pedals. <laughs> so yeah, no, that was um, that was a that was a really good gig. And Sam obviously did a two stretch, didn't he? Not a prison he sentence. Did. Not a prison sentence, but like he did two because he played with us. <laughs> he played with Nirvana. And then uh, I just remember him like like towards the end of the Nirvana set. I thought he was gonna pass out. Because he'd been drinking the night before, hadn't he, I think. Yeah. Because he'd been gigging. So he was hungover and he did set a set with us, which was like forty five minutes, forty minutes. Yeah. Then uh, he probably and then, forty minutes. And then an then, hour and a half with Nirvana. Nirvana's an hour and a half. So like I just I remember just seeing him and I was like right let's get him a pint of water. At one point he had his like his eyes are rolling <laughs> and I was like oh, he's gonna pass out. And we were all just in the crowd at the front row just fucking belting it along to Nirvana. 
good. Yeah, good gig. yeah, yeah. To be fair, whenever we've seen the Batman, it's probably always been really good. Um, we'll move on. A uh, couple of months, we've we've been back in the rehearsal room, sort of ironing out the kinks, and uh, we went to Croydon, which um, has always stuck in our memory. I think that that first gig we did in Croydon, um, we weren't sure what Scream to Lounge, the Scream Lounge in Croydon. Oh yeah, and Joe did Joe come to that one? Yeah, Joe did, and he Luke did. did. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Luke and Ree was there as well, right? Yeah, she was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I uh, I remember I remember I remember the gig being a really good one. I mean, I don't think there were that many people there, but we played we played really hard because we wanted to impress our friends that that had come to see us. Especially after that uh, second gig, which Joe came to. Yeah, it was redemption for you, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I had to sort of, I had to do, I had to do something right. I mean, to, to me, the gig passes me by a little that night uh, in favour of the night out that we had. Afterwards, I remember going to this uh, this bar that looked quite unassuming when we when you walked in. Um, someone said hi to us. Uh, that's Hello. Sam's, Sam's dad, Mark. Hello. Oh. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing? Do you know I didn't? Do you know I didn't know he was called? I've known him what five years. Didn't know he was called yeah. Mark at all. Uh, about it was only last year that I learned that as well. It was always Sam's dad. <laughs> <laughs> hi, Sam's dad. But we, so we went to that that bar in Croydon, and it. You know, it walked in and it seemed fairly ordinary. And then there was just this little unassuming stairwell in the corner. Do you remember that? Oh, and we walked, that we walked really... down that stairwell and it turned into some sort of R and B Oh wait, what? What? Yeah, it was. It was seventies up front, and then uh, R and B shit mix in the back. I'm thinking of the the front house thing we found after the gig. With like the paintings on the wall, and we went up them stairs. It was oh, really dark. We got lost in that studio. It was like abandoned. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Well, I disappeared for an hour or so, didn't I? While I um, I showed some rappers our music, and they showed me their music. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. You found the um, the those, those producers. Yeah. And they were. I think yeah. Were they mixing um, some sort of like rap? Yeah. And you were like, and I'm like, like sure. and we, they quite we. We'd literally just had our BBC introducing first session back, and I got I'd had the video edit and all sorts, and I was just like, "Fucking well, if you like that rap, you're fucking like this." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, god, that was funny. Yeah, I remember you, you said you recorded a video of them watching it, going, "Yeah, it's alright." <laughs> <laughs> you probably still got that video somewhere. Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That was good. That was a good night. Yeah, so but, that, was, that, yeah. that was pretty much 2017 in a nutshell. Um, just getting to grips with things, um, learning how to gig, and definitely learning how not to gig on your part. Um, into 2018, the first <laughs> massive gig we had was the Piano Ferries Made in Hulkroos, which was arranged by Mac from the set. Um, and was a real honour to be part of. Like I, I pushed for that for a couple of years and we finally got the chance to do it. Yeah, you were always trying to get on that, weren't you? Yeah, so for anyone that doesn't know, um, we, we live in Hull, um, we're based in Hull, and we've got the P&O Ferries cruise that goes to Amsterdam, Rotterdam and Bruges, uh, leaves every night at about eight o'clock. And, uh, and once a year, that, that cruise is taken over by Hull bands and Hull people for the Made in Hull cruise. Uh, the I entertainment was... on the ship is provided by Hull Bands. And... Is it not Battle of the Bands, though? No? Is that something no, it's else? Not battle of the, it's not Battle What's of the Bands. What's Battle of the Bands? 
I don't know, mate. <laughs> so I made that up. From. Yeah. Definitely not a battle of the bands. It's just just a showcase of full music, but essentially the people that then book the tickets are the people that want to see that. So essentially it's just a massive fucking big party out at sea on the way to Amsterdam. And the thing that I wanted to make sure happened for us that we played on the outward voyage and, and not the way back. And we got that. We played yeah, first, you were, which was amazing. You were fretting so much about that. You know, I hope we get the help. I hope we get the help. gig. I hope we get the help. gig. I was like, just chill out, be fine, be fine. But I understood what you meant because if we'd spent the day in Amsterdam, and we'd be, so if we're hungover from the Friday night, and we spent the day in Amsterdam drinking and whatnot, and then trying to do a gig on the Saturday night, yeah, it'd have been it'd have been awful. I remember, I remember going to Asda on the way on the way to the ferry terminal to buy like three packets of fags, and then and then we got on the ferry, and they sold them uh, on the ferry. There was a, you up? They sold cigs on the ferry, didn't they? Yeah, probably cheaper than I paid. Yeah. I remember getting on the ferry. I remember getting some food in us. And then before we knew it, it was our turn to play. We did a gig. I don't remember it being a particularly good or bad one. It was just a, a run-of-the-mill gig. But then the uh, the rest of that night was, uh, oh, was fucking amazing. I've got a video of me and my girlfriend, Lauren, um, pushing each other down the, the big long the big long boat corridors on on one of the luggage trolleys <laughs> oh i was thinking it was like a normal trolley i was like why have you got a normal trolley on a ferry <laughs> no it was like a, was like it a luggage trolley? trolley ah fair enough it was like a morrison trolley or something <laughs> i mean and, and we got that we got we got pretty fucked up on that outbound voyage what do you remember of that night i remember having the best sound that i read on the stage um, what's, what was the sound guy called? Long hair? Mark? Dave Elf. Miles away, Dave Elf. Yeah, I remember, that's probably from what I can remember, the best sound from my PA, getting everything. Yeah. I, so yeah, that was probably the best sound I ever had. At the point, at that time, but still thinking about it now, I don't remember ever playing thinking, God, it sounds so good through the PAs, but I can hear everything really nicely and everything's such a nice level. Um, I remember playing, I remember a few swears. <laughs> yeah. I, I do remember thinking, God, we're actually on a shit, this is fucking weird, we're playing under the ocean, or wherever it is, the sea, I don't know, channel. Um, which ocean is it? Which sea is it? North Sea. Uh, oh well, we're playing North Sea, fair enough. Um, but yeah, and then Black Delta played the same night as I didn't know. Yeah. So we were backstage with them for a bit. We got loads of pictures before we played. Uh, Elliot was there taking pictures. Um, I don't remember much afterwards. <laughs> really? Oh, that's, I'm massively <laughs> I, disappointed in that. I thought I've that would be I've great got, It was back when I used Snapchat a lot. And I found, I was I went back to the room and I was walking out of the room. I was pretty drunk and I found a pair. And there was a, just a pair on the floor. A pair. I remember the pair. So I picked up this pair and started eating this pair. Yeah, that's. I remember just waking up at was it like six a.m. when the uh, the captain's announcement goes off, and he's like, <laughs> "Am I just like, got to get up now? Got to get up? Got to get up?" Yeah, I'm going to admit our day in Amsterdam was um, was pretty spoiled by the incredible fucking night of drinking. No, yeah, I don't. Pines. I don't think it. I don't think it was spoiled. I think it was a fun day. It was still fun. It was a fun day. It, it was a very calm, relaxed 
often feeling sorry for ourselves. Too. Yeah, everyone was walking about half a mile per hour, <laughs> <laughs> not, re- not really knowing where we were going was actually good. Yeah, yeah, right. It's good, yeah. There's, uh, there's some footage of our day in Amsterdam on the short film that is going live on Facebook in oh, just this half is, an hour. Is this when we got on the coach and there was no toilet roll? Yeah, I've got some <laughs> with it. So yeah, obviously I needed a toilet because I needed to get rid of everything from the night before. Like, uh, yeah, solid-wise. And I was sat on this coach and it was so tiny, this little toilet, it was like so claustrophobic. And I finished, and I was like, it's not title. So I had to open the door. <laughs> I was like, guys, guys, guys. <laughs> I think, did Lauren give me some face wipes or something? Probably, yeah. Oh, God, that was awful. Yeah, awful. But no, fun great, day. Great memories, though. I, I'd, um, I'd be absolutely honoured to do that, that cruise again and, uh, and have some more great times. Um, moving on. Just have to give me a second because my head's my head's really hot, so I need to swap swap my head's really hot, so I need to swap hats. That's fine, mate. You do that, and I'll introduce. Uh, as long anyway. as you can still hear me, it's all right. Doctor Dog. Um, Nottingham is something of a second home for us. Um, it's our most listened to uh, city out of Hull on Spotify, and we've done quite a lot of gigs there over the years. Um, we did a couple at the Angel Microbrewery for I'm Not from London, um, the and then they offered us. You are. The smallest little venue ever. Yeah, and then we did a slot though. for them at Doctor Dot Festival, um, which is a massive festival, probably a little bit bigger than Humber Street Sessions for Hull. Yeah, who um, headlined that year? When um, we played, who headlined that year? We played because we wanted ooh, to see them. Ooh, the horrors! It was the horrors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was the horrors. Um, and we did our gig, and our gig went well. But like you say, it was on a sort of fringe stage. Um, so it wasn't massive, um, but then we had a great day out in the sun, drinking beers, and we um, we ended up coming across a, a <laughs> blue ribbon van, which was offering bands the opportunity to get in the back of their van um, with uh, some pre-provided instruments and amps, and record a track straight to vinyl. So as soon as I heard that, I was like, right, we're getting in this queue, we are recording a fucking song straight to vinyl. So we got in there, we waited our turn, we had a few complimentary cans of Blue Ribbon, uh, which went down a very few. well. A few. <laughs> I kept going back, I was like, I don't need yet, get some more. <laughs> <laughs> and we got in the back of this van, and tell me if I'm wrong, but I think we played pretty well in the back of that van. We'd had, we'd had the practice from the gig earlier on in the afternoon. See, I, I still think about this. Like, we picked up those guitars, which were obviously standard tuning. Did we tune down, or do we just play standard and record it standard? Uh, I think we tuned down. All oh, right, okay. But yeah, um, do you know what? It was really, it was real fun. There was a lot of people outside watching. Um, obviously, they were recording on their, their how do you say it? Bast, P bast. What's the, what's how do you pronounce the beer? Pabst. <laughs> <laughs> Pabsts were recording on their decks. We got loads of beer through. Um, well, I did anyway. I kept going back. But no, yeah, that was that was that was probably one of our best gig days in England, definitely. Well, I say that like we gigged all over the world, <laughs> country and of, of the world. I mean, but that was probably one of our best festival gigs because it was all day. Paul Danny was driving because 
he was the designated driver because he bought an estate car, the idiot. Um, but yeah, no, that was probably the longest and most fun day. I think, was that... Um, it was I'm thinking of a different time. But yeah, yeah, no, recording on the back of the van was, was fun. And there was well, that, I think, a band, a band that played before us and it sounded really strokesy, but it sounded really nice. Yeah, yeah, and I remember getting yeah, they sounded great. and being real excited and hearing that band before us and thinking, well, we're going to fucking smash them out the park. And then, and it's going to be on a record. And then we got in the back of this van, played what we thought was a great rendition of Queen Bee. Drove all the way home after many beers, other than for Dan. And then I remember you coming up to my flat and we were like, right let, let's stick this record on and we got this like seven inch record with like it was like a picture disc on one side with the pabs blue ribbon logo and then you flip it over and it's got our recording and we stuck it on and it was just the most disappointing pile of fucking shite i have ever had the drums and bass were, were, were sort of mixed at the correct level but then my vocals and your lead guitar were mixed like 600 fucking decibels louder than anything else with no reverb or or nothing else which makes it makes a change because you're usually the loudest could you turn down on stage please <laughs> <laughs> i remember we got home, every single we stuck it on and i think on the way home we've been like man oh this would be such a good competition prize for anyone that wants to win it and we were just like well that's that's never being played to anybody ever again. And you still got it. Let's have a look. Where is it? I still got it. I stuck it on before we went live, and it's uh, it's it's worse than the Lincoln Lincoln Pop gig. You like if you were if you could have been six hundred semitones out of tune, and it would have still been better than that that vinyl recording. Oh well, it was an experience. That year, we went to the Regency in Harrogate for the first time. Um, when, when, when me, Sam and Dan were in felony, we met a guy called Alex from uh, Hellfire Jack, which were a great Alex band. With the, Alex with the beard, I remember. The, 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 the biggest, nicest beard. beard I'd ever seen in my life. Beautiful, beautiful beard. And he had us on at the Regency in Harrogate. And for anybody that wants to watch the film that's going out at eight, um, there, there's, about, there's about 15 minutes of karaoke footage from after this very good. <laughs> Um, and and that, that club has now been turned into flats. And, and as I mentioned at the start of this, with the polar bear and the weddy closing, we definitely do not want to, want to see those places turned into flats. But the Regency in Harrogate has been. And I remember that venue really fondly. We, we played there twice. Played um, twice, yep. It seemed comparable in like effort and... Um, well, comparable in effort to the session that it was well promoted um alex and his um i can't remember what his co-promoter was called but he was a very affable chap as well and they put a lot of effort into getting people down to the gig to celebrate some some unsigned music um yeah we, we went for a curry before that show played a great gig and then they did some karaoke afterwards sam sang oasis I sang Beatles, but none of you decided to pull your phone out for that, so unfortunately that's no not... No one recorded you doing it? No. Wow. And then it goes to, uh, to Dan, Dan, Dan singing Blair, and he starts off incredibly, <laughs> and then absolutely, he, uh, he totally falters after that, and, and that's, that's definitely worth watching. 
And then you did you did an incredible rendition of When the Sun Goes Down by Arctic Hunters. Less, well, it wasn't incredible. I was a bar behind for the full thing because I started late. But I caught up in the end and I was on the chair. I was dancing on the chair. The dormant told me to get down. It really ruined my vibe, but it was, it was fun. Well, if you want to see that in full, then watch on Facebook after this or go to YouTube or Instagram and you will see it. But yeah, that that, that, that venue was nice. It's a real shame that that's gone. Um, I, I, I personally think those two guys, or that, that gig was probably one of the best promoted gigs we've done. Like, yeah, out of town was, wise, yeah. Yeah, they were so nice, the people. Uh, and loads of people turned up. Really nice people who are into that sort of genre of music. Like quite a niche heavy kind of thing. But that, yeah, they, I fond memories of those gigs. They were good, they were really good. So we're still in the middle of 2018. Um, do you remember in like the year 2000 to the year 2010 when you'd say 2001, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and now it's 2017 and not 2018. It's weird, isn't it? However... It's, um, it's a bit daunting to think about it. I don't like to think about it. <laughs> we're in mid-2018 and we finally got the chance to play Cafe Independent in Scunthorpe. Um, which was, um, we got the chance to play that on the back of releasing volume one with Warren Records and, and the, the help that Stu Baxter gave. Uh, we got the chance to do a gig at Cafe Indie. And that's when we first got talking to Higher Rhythm that helped us record the demo for Two Way Glass. Um, but it was, it was mid 2018, it was just before I went on holiday to Italy. And we did a set at Cafe Indie. Um, which you're probably going to remind me is the night that I broke your guitar lead. But we played a, uh, well, have you got two working guitar leads? I have, but... Are you all right then? Shut up. That was a really nice Fender. <laughs> so we it, was, it was turquoise. Well, well, I'll get you a fucking pink one. <laughs> we played a set, and we didn't know that it was being recorded. And I think when we've done, like, radio sessions and stuff like that in the past there's always been that element of like extra nervousness when you know you're being recorded and you know that you want to make it sound as good as it can yeah that's the worst but that night it was the first night of our 2018 uk tour we'd been rehearsing a lot but we didn't know it was being recorded at all we played the set and then i went on holiday to italy and the sound guy got in touch with me and said well i recorded your set and I've mixed it, and here it is, and he sent me it. And uh, if I get the chance, I'm gonna I'm gonna put that live that that entire live set under this live stream when I put it on Spotify and uh, out as a podcast. But I remember getting it and going, "Fuck me, that sounds huge." <clears throat> I yeah, it's on. I remember when it came out um, on Spotify. I listened to it a few times and I was like, God, we did that live without like, because obviously when you go to a studio, yeah, you can do like eight, nine, ten takes, which I usually do. <laughs> when you, it's, 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 it's so different when you're playing, when you're playing live and you, you no one's, like, it's, for example, if I want to, if I'm playing guitar in my room and I want to record a video to put on Instagram, so that as soon as you press record, everything, you forget everything, you're like, shit, shit, shit. Especially when you're in a when you're in a uh, studio, especially like you, I can play the songs like with my eyes closed, live and whatnot. But when you when you hear that, 
and you know Mike is sat there judging and you're you three are like it changes everything it's awful it's not awful it's nice but it's um it's completely different so I'm quite I'm quite glad we didn't know what was recorded because I'd have probably I'd have probably put too much effort into it um and messed up <clears throat> but no those recordings are race and when you listen back it's like wow we did that live like four of us just like no tweaking or anything like that it was great so if, if you've not heard those live recordings, I mean, I mean, it was a long set, maybe 10 or 11 songs. Um, and I, at one point, we did put those together in a in a sort of EP and, pl- and maybe plan to release it, but we never did. Um, until the lockdown began, really, when I was like, well, we're not going to be able to play a gig for a long time. And we've got this very well recorded, very well mixed and very well performed live gig. That uh, I think at the end of the day, people deserve to hear. Uh, so that's out now on Spotify, um, called just simply Live, and it is Letting Them Loose Live, and it sounds fucking awesome. And if you're listening back to this uh, this episode, hopefully it's playing in the background. Thanks, David. Um, so from such a good gig to uh, not such a good one, we've played a few gigs in Nottingham. Um, as we mentioned, we did. I don't did, remember any more bad gigs. What? <laughs> we did. A it wasn't me, was Nottingham, it? And then we did. Uh, we did Dot to Dot Festival. Yep. And then uh, I, I pushed the promoter, and I sort of said, "Look, we've done. We, I think we've paid our dues in this small venue. Um, we've done Dot to Dot, uh, and, and I think we're getting really well received in Nottingham. Uh, people are listening to us online. Um, yeah." People are interested. Give us, give us a better gig, please. Oh, I know what's coming. They said yes. Okay, I, I, I'll move you from the the Angel Microbrewery to the Fox and Grapes. And I, I thought, all right, okay, okay, let's let's go. I remember getting there and getting there and thinking, where's the fucking drum kit? What, what do you remember where's, about that? Where's the drum? Where's the drum kit? Where's the stage? Where's the promoter? <laughs> 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 yeah, we should have known Fox and Grapes is like a renowned like it's a it's a pub name. Is it? It's like a it, it's like a, a wheat sheaf or a, a white heart. We not only known that, it. not only that, it's famous in Nottingham because of a fucking murder that happened there in the fucking twentieth century. <laughs> so what happened? Do we, we get there? there? We get yeah. there, ready to headline the gig thinking, right, we're going to arrive, we're going to load our amps in, we're going to load our guitars in, and there's going to be a drum kit there, all mic'd up, ready to go. And we get there, and there's absolutely fuck all. So we message the promoter and say, where's, where's the fucking drum kit, mate? And he goes, would you mind popping uh, ten minutes up the road to the Golden Fleece to pick up the fucking shite drum kit? Oh, man. It was, it was awful because we got there. He wasn't there. <laughs> there was no mic. So I don't think. I, I think the salmon. The salmon wasn't even there. Was he? There was nothing there. We were like, "What's going on here?" It was eventually, and even he was like, "I'm really fucking sorry, guys." Yeah, to be fair, he was really nice, and he made he made good effort. But yeah, the, we had to drive up the road for this drum kit, which we turned to this pub. They didn't know who you were. We were like, "Oh, we're just come to get a drum kit," and they're like. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, we're playing at this gig. This guy sent us, oh, okay. So we carried this drum kit to the car. 
So we 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 came became skivvies for the promoter, running around picking his gear up, and then we set up, we set the mics up, and I think we were doing sound check. And an acoustic set played before us, didn't they? And we were just doing sound check, and um, it's just like there was nobody there. But it was a bit like a was it a food available as well? Food service, table service, food. And there's a I'm few couples sure, that I remember sat there. It being, I remember it being a vibe, which was basically people had gone there for a drink and a chat with their friend and did not want to hear us uh basically playing playing over the I'm conversation i'm trying to i'm trying to put it into perspective for people from hull uh so if we let's say uh the whalebone or maybe <laughs> i don't know basically we went it was for people to go and have a beer and chat to the mates i think we started with two-way glass at that point yeah. <laughs> and we were, we were a loud band a really loud band and i just remember like i was like I must remember opening the guitar up with the noise which we make and I was just like they're not going to enjoy not this. Go down well. <laughs> I was so thankful when we got to sweet spot I was like oh so more relaxed. Yeah but that, that gig was a massive incentive for us because I knew that we were well received in Nottingham so then I, I, I took a risk and I emailed Rough Trade in Nottingham and was like can we come and play can we come and play upstairs in your record store and we put on our own gig there and we, we put the effort in to find a couple of local Nottingham support bands that sounded like us and had the same sort of ideals. And we, we pulled off the we pulled off a fucking awesome show the next year. Is it Kid Chameleon? Uh, no, it was with Kid Amelia and Kid Amelia, Kid Chameleon. Oh, we played in the Chameleon with Kid. We played in Kid Chameleon with Kid Amelia. That was yes, after that. That's where we get on that. Yeah. Put on that rough trade trip. Yep. So no, yeah, thank yeah. you for that promoter for making us go and get our own drum kit and making us realise that we could sell out Rough Trade Nottingham and going ahead and fucking doing it. He was the guy with the polka dot trousers and the uh, the Peter Pete what's his name Pete Dockety hat. That's the one. And if yeah, he knows if he's listening one, yeah. and he knows who we're talking about, then we're very sorry, but um, you could have done better. Uh, you're a great guy, but it wasn't a great gig. And as we move into 2019, uh, we've got about 12 minutes left, so I'm going to try and rush things along. We got we get into last year. The first gig we did, um, we knew we were releasing Two Way Glass, and we knew we had big, big things coming. And we did a couple of uh, a couple of gigs where we travelled a hell of a lot further than we ever had before. We did Edinburgh one weekend and Swansea the next, so Scotland and Wales within a week of each other. The first one was Bannerman's in Edinburgh. What an amazing venue that is. Um, real cool venue. Um, and uh, and these are the sort of gigs I live for. The ones where you, you travel a long way, you, you book somewhere to stay because you know that you're not driving home that same night. So you've got the opportunity to go out and get pissed up afterwards. I remember the gig being, I think we personally could have done a better job of promoting it. And uh, we are booked to play Bannerman's again, and I, I endeavour to promote that one better. Oh, we'll we Bannerman's. found sort of we found a, like a mini spiders, didn't we? Uh, in Edinburgh, we had a, we had a McDonald's as always, a pissed up McDonald's, and then we found a mini spiders. And if you're not from Hull, spiders is a it, it's a club in Hull, 
that if you went in or walked in for the first time, you would you would say it was a goth club, but it's not a goth club. It's an all-inclusive, black, white, whatever, gay, straight, lesbian. Everybody is welcome and nobody is judged for whatever you're and wearing. Everybody, and everybody goes. It's the most inclusive, diverse, incredible place on earth, to be quite honest. And to begin with, we talked about polar bear closing. I'm fucking glad it wasn't spiders. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm, and I'm yeah. done nightclubbing. I'm 28 and I'm done nightclubbing, but I am not done with spiders. And we yeah, found sort was, of like yeah. a, we sort of found a, like a mini spiders in Edinburgh. Yeah, that that was nice. Yeah, the spiders. Like if if anybody invited me on a night out, I'd probably turn down most places. But if said we're going to spiders, I'm like, yeah, let's go to spiders. Because these these people, yeah, there's there's anything from that obviously legal age, eighteen to fifty year olds in there. It's just everyone, 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 anybody goes. Um. Uh, yeah, that I don't remember too much from that. Maybe I was a bit drunk at that point. What was but it? Called? I remember. I can't even remember what it was called. It was next door but one to the other place we went. Um, so you go down and it's all dark and dingy with like pretend spider web. It's like, kind of like Halloween theme, but it wasn't in Halloween. Hmm. Uh, yeah, lights everywhere. January. A few, cool, <laughs> a few, yeah, a few cool, re- really cool bars. Um, but yeah, no, that was, that was a great place. I don't remember much that, from that place though. That, that place pops up in the film. Um, when we'd uh, when we'd gigged and we'd put away our gear, we'd often get a Jaeger bomb in, or I'd often get a Jaeger bomb in. I'd insist that we all had a Jaeger bomb. Uh, yeah, for we some reason. And then and then Danny jumped onto the at that point empty dance floor and started uh, showing us his moves. And then later on, when the dance floor had filled up, he then hopped onto the stage, uh, did a worm. Um, was quickly told by somebody that he uh, should not be worming on that stage um, and then wormed backwards off the stage <laughs> and that is in the film that is being released tonight at 8 o'clock on Facebook such a good wormer he's the most incredible wormer I've ever seen Bunkhouse, Swansea, Wales the following week we got an Airbnb that could see over the entirety of Swansea uh, the gig was good um, I remember the venue, um, you'd walk down the stairs to where we put our gear, uh, and there was a room where we put our gear, but that room carried on to about 15 other fucking rooms. There was hundreds of rooms, it was like a video game. I remember going down to one room and there was like a a computer that had been left with its screen on, just looking at CCTV, it's like when you play a horror game on your PlayStation. It reminded me of um, Saw. The rooms are so strange. Like little cages and stuff everywhere. Like, it used to be like I must have been like some sort of under that under underground grave place. It was so strange. It was yeah. I, it was that place was so odd. Again, was, we played we played another run of the mill gig. Uh, we did a good job, I'm sure. Um, we moved on to uh, a pirate themed bar um, where we had a round of YMCA and around the Jaeger bombs and then we ended up in that Irish bar do you remember that one and if you don't it's, there's plenty of video ed- evidence is that then when the guy had his phone hanging out of his back pocket yeah he was like he had, he had bla- he had, he blatantly hanging out of his back pocket because he had like really tiny pockets and I took it out of his pocket he didn't even know and I tapped him on the shoulder and said look this is hanging out of your pocket <laughs> like anyone could just grab it 
I didn't get really like aggro about it. I mean, <laughs> got, I mean you got really the best of times is uh, easily to get e easy to get aggressive with. <laughs> I was I was trying to do him a solid. I was trying to do him a favour. That could have been someone else who grabbed his phone. But yeah, no, apparently I was too nice. Um, ben is just walking past local radio DJ. Hi, Ben. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. how I saw the Welly Club announcement today. I saw it on Twitter. The late, later in 2019, I, I remember uh, one of our shows in Leeds. We played, we played the same venue a few times. But um, good venue, really small, sort of basement stage. Yeah, but cool. Um, cool, and we and we, we we met a couple of cool bands in there. Swamp Chicken, uh, that one with that female lead singer, and there was another band. I think it might have been. Fus, yeah, the guy, and the guy had his top off and the Ferrari cap on, that was and the guy, the, the bassist had um, those like camel to shoe things on. Remember, is he the one that lost his yellow cap? No, no, he, that was the one that lost the yellow, yellow cap, cap and got involved in the group message the week after. And was like, hey guys, <laughs> yellow cap. Um, I've lost my yellow cap and it's really important to me. Have you seen my yellow cap? But what sticks out for me for that gig is the fact that the fire alarm went off in our uh, penultimate song. And uh, <laughs> we were having a great show. We were having a great fucking show. And the fire alarm went off. And I was thinking, well, um, well our amps are still on and the drum kit still works. So we just carried on. Yeah, everyone was in like uh, a bit of a grey area. It was like, should we leave or do we stay? And I was like, I think we'd hold a note for our song. We're just like, carry on. I think they had the doorman come down at one point and it was like, everyone needs to leave. But then it's, the fire alarm stopped. So everyone was just like, <laughs> Yeah, I think at the point, that, I think at the point that someone came down and said, you've got to leave, the fire alarm went off. And we were just like, well, went off, you off. know, we're halfway through this second to last song. We're, you know, we're going to carry on from here and we're going to play the last song. And we, I was like, to the crowd, I was like, do you, do you want us to play the last song? And they were all like, yeah. Someone was <laughs> like, no! <laughs> I could see the sound guy was like, stood there shaking his head at me and I was like, well, you know, we've, we've driven an hour. We want to finish our set. So we did. And I went to him afterwards because, you know, I always make an effort to talk to the sound guy and thank him for the sound and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, thanks very much for, you know, letting us finish the set. And he was like, you undermined me. No. You did. You undermined me. I was like, did I? I'm very sorry. I just wanted to finish the end of the fucking set, mate. Just imagine you're half drunk. I'm, I'm very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I am very sorry. That's cool. Yeah, no, that's, that's the only really thing I remember from that. I'm playing with the hood up for some reason. I had my hood up. <laughs> don't know why. I'm, I'm going to skip um, very quickly. I'm, I'm going to give it a mention. Um, but we're running out of time, so I've not got all the time in the world. But I need, I need to pee real bad. Was, uh, was our producer, Mikey Scott's dad, Malcolm's venue. Fucking hell, I pulled off that sentence. Um, what an incredible venue. Um, for a start, Mikey was on sound, and he knew how to produce us, um, having produced all our recordings. So every time we played there, we sounded exactly as we should have done. Yeah, true. Um, but that, that closed down last year because unfortunately Malcolm's uh, been unwell and uh, wanted to sell that on. 
and we got well, we got the chance to invite our friends and family down to that last gig and um that was around the time we we released two-way glass and we got the chance to to play our full set to our mums and our dads and our friends and our firsts the people that we wouldn't maybe invite to somewhere like a like a dive club like the adelphi or something like that um what an amazing venue amazing sound um yeah yeah i think mole were the nicest people we met doing our stuff such a sweetheart wasn't he um, Mikey's in uh, Canada now, right? Yeah, he's in Canada. Living like Canada. Yeah, no. Um, <clears throat> like you say, it was the, it was the best um, because he knew he recorded us, knew what we wanted to sound like. There wasn't a lot of work during a sound check because he he just knew what, and you probably get it right maybe first, second time. He get it right because he knew exactly what he wanted. So that was always nice. And the venue was amazing when we had that. Um, <clears throat> We had King's Horses and... Vans. In Vans. Uh, that was a great night. So some of our families came down, didn't they? Yep. Families and friends. There's quite a few people there. And then we went out afterwards. Had a few beers, all of us together, mostly. But I think a few family members went home, because we're quite old. Um, but yeah, no, that was um, a very nice venue we missed. Have you missed so the last, that venue, the last thing I'm going to bring up, and uh, I think we've only got a couple of minutes, which is a, a massive shame because I think we could talk about this for a long time and to be honest I could talk to you for a, a hell of a lot longer um, the, the outlying gig that we've not mentioned is Humber Street Sesh which we played one, two and we've played three times the first year I think we were a little bit disappointed um, because we got, we got given the Humber Dock stage which is essentially in the pub that's called the Green Bricks which I can see over here um, <coughs> Yeah, but, but we'd only been going a short while at that point. So I think, yeah, three I months think maybe, two months. That, that was fair game. But, uh, well, my Instagram just popped up saying we've got one minute and 55 seconds remaining. So we can okay. talk one minute about 2018, which is when we got to play the BBC Humpside introducing stage, which looked out across the whole city. You could see all the landmarks. And, and BBC introducing in Humberside have been fucking incredible to us over the last few years. They've played every single song we've ever sent at them, and they gave us the chance to play about four four pm four pm set that that year. <clears throat> yeah, the sun was um sun was like beaming. It was, it was really nice night that one. Yeah, and we had we had the chance okay. to have a few beers before, but also we knew that we didn't have to get all the snow. We could uh, we could we could celebrate afterwards. Something I remember about that gig was that the the amount of days that I spent beforehand imagining what it might be like to see all my friends and family laid out in front of me in front of the whole skyline, and then and then doing it and it fulfilling all of those expectations and more. Um, but because of the fact that that adrenaline had just removed itself from my body, um, the 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 one or two hours after that, I was. I was very upset and miserable. I yeah, I don't remember seeing you afterwards because I went after the gig. Uh, I met, I didn't make you pack my stuff away, but I was like, oh, "Can you take my stuff to you?" I was like, I'm going to meet my dad because he was he was in town for a limited amount of time. I think I sat on my dad for about three hours and got really drunk. And I think I met you afterwards very briefly. Um, we've, got, uh, we've got fifteen seconds, Jamie. <laughs> I want to I want to carry on. 
Okay, well, we can't. We discussed Silver Street last year. But after this, uh, give us a ring. Um, we'll have a beer. Five, four. Thank you so much for joining me. This has been so much fun.